Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, I'm a writer for The Athletic, and I'm along with my co-worker Jordan Bianchi, and my full voice, Jordan's back. I didn't so say that. hoping it would go away, go away forever. I mean, I didn't say that. Well, you inferred it. Anyway, uh, we are here at Taldega in person, hopefully you can tell. Um, we're sitting in a radio room after the first non-wildcard race of the playoffs, <laughs> even though we came here thinking... <laughs> Only took five races. And it only took coming to Talladega to have a call. <laughs> of race. all places, yeah, just wild. Like I would never have guessed. Like it was the antithesis of this playoffs. Like you're pretty straightforward. This is as straightforward a super speedway race as you can get. I mean, it really was. It, it was. It was a good race, though. It wasn't bad. It wasn't boring. It just was not the usual craziness that you typically associate with speedway racing. Right. I mean, yeah, we get the first. Uh, we get the first playoff winner. Um, at the the track where you'd think, oh, this is this could be a great opportunity for the twentieth new winner of the season, mm-hmm. if, of all places. Well, we almost got it too, Blaney. Yeah, he was he was this close. <laughs> um, yeah, and and of course you think this is going to really mix up the playoff picture, and you know turn things on its head even more after four crazy ish races to start everything and all the chaos we've been talking about the last few weeks, and uh, yeah, um, all the player playoff drivers finished the race. Yep. Um, the only the guy who had the worst finish, Joey Logano. It was a weird day for him. He lagged back on the overtime <laughs> restart, which he said he didn't like other people doing, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to try it because they're going to wreck. They're yeah. definitely going to wreck, which I of course thought. I think know, we all thought over those last yeah. couple laps, like they're going to wad him up. So he ends up finishing three uh, three point one seconds behind the pack as the last car in the lead lap, and he gives up a chunk of points because he was trying to play it safe and thought everybody would wreck and he would just be able to pick up positions. Because uh, he came into this race as the points leader, it didn't happen. So basically, everything we thought was potentially going to happen in this race didn't happen. And in the other races where we thought would they'd be calm or straightforward, like Texas, not the case. So who knows what's going to happen? We're halfway through these playoffs now. We still have no idea what's going on. But Chase Elliott, we do know, is the first driver to win his way into uh, the next round. He is on to the round of eight, Jordan. Nice win for him. Needed that really choppy one round one, just up and down. Didn't have execution. They kept making mistakes. You know, they finished second at Bristol, but they just never really felt like they were putting full race together. And that continued into round two at Texas. They're leading, and then they have a, a tire issue, and he ends up feeling fiery crash. And you're like, oh boy. And he comes here and he gets the win. And now you're looking at his season. He's got five wins. Locked into round three. Um, they've got speed on intermediate track, so presumably he's going to do well at Las Vegas. He's won at Martinsville before. Um, Homestead is probably in his wheelhouse. He's never won there before, but in his wheelhouse. And you're kind of thinking, okay, like his path now, especially with the playoff points, he keeps racking up. His path to the championship four feels pretty straightforward. 
Well, I mean, you, you've gone from, we were saying, oh boy, you know, he had that great regular season and he's kind of thrown it away in the opening race of each round. And, you know, is he going to be able to survive, keep doing this and all this stuff? Now you, you not only have to think of, about all the points you made about, okay, now he's, you know, through and he's already having a good season. He just added six more playoff mm-hmm. points for the next round um, because he won uh, stage two in very fine fashion today when he made a, a sweet move on Kyle Larson. Um, so, you know, it, he's in great position. In fact, even with the fiery wreck at Texas, if you look at the straight up point standings yeah. from, from just this round, not even um, the season as a whole, which he's obviously still leading the, the traditional type standings, but just for this round after two races, he is the points leader, not, not, you know, yeah. the win aside, like he's the points leader. He has the most points. Um, so he's just, yeah, it's, it's suddenly it goes, I mean, it's, it's, the wild swings of these narratives, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with uh, because, again, we, we look at Christopher Bell <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's, oh. that's the championship favorite. Now he's he's in big, big trouble. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, on the, the plus side of that, Chase Elliott is setting himself up very nicely. Very. Um, doesn't have to worry about uh, a Kevin Harvick type incident uh, of trying to wreck him out of the Roval this year. No, but the, and then but that's a really good opportunity though. Though he can go there with the mindset of, hey, let's just get points. Let's go for the win. We don't have to worry about you know being conservative and strategy. Let's just go for the win and go after it. Get stage, and it puts and if they can do that on a track that he's won half the races at, like that's he's got a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd feel very good if I was him right now. Um, let's talk about how he won it, and then we'll we can talk about the other playoff drivers. So you know, it was it you had a Talladega race where there wasn't a big one, and it was building toward sort of like that. Uh, it, it felt like they were going to wreck. It felt like they were going to wreck anytime. Um, all of a sudden, just as it's really about to like boil over, perhaps with with guys positioning themselves <laughs> for the end, Daniel Hemrick is trying to come off pit road and stops like yeah. he his car was basically stranded at the end of pit road lost power and you know i understand why they threw a caution because i, I don't really know how you get that car off pit road i mean i guess you could no you can't they, i thought they made a really good point in the nbc broadcast which was like where he was positioned at the very end of pit road we have seen a lot of crashes yeah. where vehicles trucks cars go spinning through the grass and impact that area you can't do it yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's not safe. So they had to come get it, but it's a very weird reason yeah. for a wreck, especially late in a race. I mean, you, it's, you don't very rarely see that. Yeah, but that sets up the equivalent of a green-white checker. Now, it was still in regulation, nope. but it was a two-lap shootout. Um, Chase Elliott, though, on that restart is restarting fifth. And this was a day where the drivers were talking about track position was so important they could hardly pass. And, um, you know, because Denny Hamlin said, you know, very firmly after the race, this is a two by two race car. You cannot really, you can't really create a third lane with these, uh, with this car. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't make up speed like you could with the old car. And that's why we saw them pretty much the two even lanes all day, pretty much. I mean, that's what, that's what they did. Um, and you know, respect to the drivers for, you know, pushing it as hard as they could without wrecking. I mean, they, they all seem to sort of figure out where the limit was, uh, as Chase put it, but so Chase, you know, on this restart, he he decides, you know what? I think what I need to do is I need to get to the top because um, he figured the, the the guys that were already on the bottom they weren't going to move off the bottom. Mm-hmm. Which why would you, right? So he moves up to the top, and then he ends up getting a pusher with Eric Jones, who, who stayed great really, really, really committed to him. Yeah, and, and he was yeah he had a really solid race in general, fast car, and I mean Eric Jones like pushed him 
for a lap and a half. And and it it still didn't look like they were going to have the advantage because when McDowell was pushing Blaney on the bottom, you think, well, they've got two Fords linked up there and Hamlin's behind them. And, you know, that Ford power, they're going to stay linked up or whatever. But for whatever reason, like McDowell and Blaney just came like a little bit connected. Jones was able to stay pushing Chase and Chase was able to get enough you know, he, he got boosted way out there and it was so far out that run that he had that even when Blaney started coming with a run at the very end, he couldn't do anything. Now people ask afterwards, could Blaney have moved up to block? He, I, he was going back and forth. Like, he kind of kicked himself a little bit. Like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like he's like, yeah, I could have maybe have done it, but he didn't want to get caught three wide in the middle and get sucked back. He didn't want to rack. He was in line for a really good points day. It was kind of this, you know, balance. And it was just, you know, and he ultimately decided not to make the move. And, you know, hindsight 2020, would he have? I don't think so. I think he was very, I think in the moment, because you heard the audio, right? I mean, on the, on the car, he was very upset. But I think when he got out of the car and, like, processed it, he's like, wait a second. I won a stage today. I finished second today. I'm leaving here in a good spot. I had a decent race at Texas. I'm going to the Roval with a good, you know, points in my pocket. Like, and that's kind of what it came down to. I mean, look, um, I, I actually think he made the right move, I even though he yeah. didn't win. He, he told his team afterwards, I didn't want to come off the bottom. And I think that, that remember how this race was won in the spring. It was, uh, basically a, a clean, you know, Ish, finish. Yeah. yeah. Finish. And, and the seas kind of parted as the guys battled in front of Ross Chastain you know, they, they kind of got into it, and Ross Chastain just went... Mm, he, hugged, he literally hugged the yellow line the entire way, and then it just kind of like the line opened up and yeah. just drove to the win, and there you go. So I'm sure, you know, all these guys study this kind of stuff, and I'm sure, you know, Blaney's like, well, look, I have McDowell, who's a great pusher. He's a Ford teammate. He's going to stick with me. Um, why would I try to, yeah, I mean, block that move, possibly wreck myself. It's it's still a points race, you know, all that stuff. And, and I think had he not... He, you know, I think the one thing is that, and he said this, like if he had recognized that McDowell came disconnected from him just a little bit sooner, he maybe could have dragged the brake back to McDowell. And even McDowell said, if I'd realized Denny came off me, you know, maybe I could have dragged back. And, and but that happens so fast. It's it's this. But is that like, was still the right position. Is yeah, my point. Like, you, you, uh, to me, I'm a, I'm a process person. Like you, you, you know, I you play the percentages, and the percentage there is do exactly it. Hug the line. Don't go up and start throwing blocks because one of two things are going to happen. One, you're opening up the bottom line for someone to get by you. Two, you slide up and try to throw a block. you got a good chance of getting clipped and things happen. I, I think he made the right thing. And I, and I think in the big picture, this is a really smart move that's going to – for a driver who doesn't have a win, by the way, this year, like it had been really easy for him to say, oh, man, I need that win. Like, no, like take, take a step back, breathe. I think he's in a really good spot. Yeah, and he is the top uh, driver in playoff uh, – in points aside from – you know, Chase Elliott, obviously, going into the Roval. So he's in decent uh, shape now. So uh, he is plus 32. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Blaney plus 32 going into the Roval? I mean, pretty good, right? Really good road course racer. Was one at the Roval before. Um, that's his position. And, and, you know, the road courses are about strategy, right? You really have two ways. There's only really two ways to approach road courses. You go for the overall win, which means pitting right before the stage end, and you give up track position, but then you get it back on the restarts. Or you go for stage points, and you forego kind of winning the race because of the way the cycle works. It's really hard to do that. If I'm him, it's pretty clear cut what I'm doing. I, I yes, I would love to win the race, but realistically, I'm going for stage points. Like right? Yeah, you probably only need 
probably half a dozen yeah, stage like, points. Yeah, like you really approach stage one really conservatively. Like we're going to go for stage points and we're going to put ourselves in a good spot, especially there where a lot of nut- nuttiness happens. I think he's in a really good spot and they can, it gives them a really clear mind of what they need to do. Interesting that the race um, ultimately came down to the two stage winners today. Um, Blaney wins stage one, Chase wins stage two. Um, what, am I wrong? No, you're right. Oh. I, I didn't think about that. It was a good point. I was complimenting you. I'm trying oh. to be nicer to you. Wow, Jeff. thank you. So I, I, so I saw your reaction. Like you're looking at me. I'm not used to seeing like a complimentary facial expression from you. So it I don't happen like, oh, often. What did, what don't happen do? often. What did I just say? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but it, it, it really was, and they said that this would probably be the case coming in, but it really was a track position mm-hmm. race. And you saw um, you saw situations where guys, and, and they emphasize this on the broadcast a lot too, but you, you, you just can't make up those spots. And so the guys who were pretty much up front most of the day and the guys who were, you know, in general up front on the, on the last restart, those were who finished up there. Look, here, here was the running order um, coming to, to the uh, green-white mm-hmm. checkered, essentially, right? Uh, Jones, Blaney, McDowell, Chastain, Elliott were the top five. Um, let's see that they finished, uh, those were, oh, and, and Hamlin. So the, yeah, those were the top six. Those were the first three rows. And that was, the uh, they finished top six, I believe. So there you go. And then Todd Gilliland finished seventh. And on that restart, he was, oh no, he was ahead of Hamlin. So, oh, so this, okay. I can go even further. The top seven on that restart finished as the top seven in the race. Um, that's, I mean. Track position was key. Yeah. And we, we heard it in the broadcast. And listening to Dale Earnhardt Jr., who is a really, really good broadcaster, especially in super speedway races, it is like a, it's like listening to a professor, you know, like educate you. He was talking about, because Blaney at one point in stage two, he said, I'm bailing. I, like, I'm going to the back. I don't feel, I think it was stage two, right? And he said, I'm going to the back. I don't feel good. I feel like I'm going to wreck. And Earnhardt was questioning that, saying, why are you giving up track position? You know, that's a bad decision. In this race where it's so important, it's hard to pass, it's not running three wide, you're two by two all the way back, like you're not going to get that back. And and Blaney was able to make it work, but a lot of guys weren't. And you look at the guys who had at various times today bailed, they weren't able to get it back because it, it was so hard to pass. Okay, so you gave me a little bit more time on this. It, it this is our this is the nature of the live uh oh live God. tape podcast. Math on this though? No, 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 no math. But the top nine drivers who were one through nine on that restart okay. ended up finishing all in the top nine. They, a couple of them switched positions here and there, and like including Elliott went from fifth to first. Mm-hmm. But that, that I'm just trying to emphasize what a track position yeah. race this was. But you didn't have any moves to make. You you were either in one lane or the other lane. That was it. Yeah, you couldn't. You, you can't could. make a third lane. That was it. So they, they tried at one point to make a third lane work today, and it just it didn't happen. Well, yeah, a couple times. I mean, early in the race, it looked like it was going to have momentum. Gregson actually started it. Um, And then a couple guys joined in. Uh, Bubba Wallace joined in. uh, And then Stenhouse got up in front of it and seemed like they had some momentum. And then Harrison Burton got up in front of it. And it just, the the push that he was taking from Stenhouse didn't work out for whatever reason. And that was the only wreck of the day, really. I mean, that was, um, you mean, you had LaJoy. Have his only his only, tire it was the only multi car wreck of the day, which yeah. is very rare, and it was a very by Talladega standards, it's very mild. Like right. a, a lot of those guys who ha- got into it, Stenhouse, Logano, Gregson, there's somebody else in there too. Um, they were all able to continue. And Al Guyer, Cindric, uh, they all actually, Sindrick, right, they actually, right. a lot, I think four or five of them were able to rally back and finish in the points in stage one. Yeah, I mean, you ultimately you had 27 cars 
finish on the lead lap at, at Talladega. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you didn't have the big one. There's no attrition, really. Um, and, and so that, that sort of shifts us to, and, and we'll come back to the playoffs in a minute, but, you know, the, the big feeling in the garage this morning, there was a big, a big sort of tense feeling of, of sort of dread. Uh, obviously, you know, if you've paying, been paying attention, any attention at all, the, the concussion thing has sort of been hanging over everybody. Alex Bowman, we didn't get to talk about in the last podcast. We talked about his wreck at Texas, but we didn't talk about him missing time uh, because of, of, of a concussion. We didn't know that until, what, Wednesday or Thursday or something, right? Thursday. Thursday. Um, so, you know, uh, that, that became the topic of the weekend with everybody sounding off about it. Chase Elliott, um, in a rare, uh, very opinionated session, spent 15 minutes going off about uh, the safety of the new car and how it's gone backwards. And you just can't believe we're in this position. Um, I mean, obviously a Denny Hamlin, very strong comments. Um, really every, I mean, th- many drivers were, were chiming Arvick in. Larson, even who's not really an Larson, outspoken. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so that was the topic. And I think there was some legitimate concern going into this race, obviously like, okay, we see that even a minor hit from the rear can really hurt these guys. And here we are at Talladega and what's going to happen. Um, so, Larson said after the race, when he walked up to the, the media bullpen, he's like, I, I know you guys are probably going to think that we were just, you know, playing it conservative and, and we were just trying to take it cautious out there. Um, but we were really going for it. And I, I said, actually, it didn't look like that at all. Like I, th- I thought, because I thought they were going to run maybe like single file for much of this race and just log. Yeah, I, I never got that. I never, you never I, thought, I understood I, why I said that. Yeah. I, I mean, you thought initially they were going to do that right at the drop. I thought that they would just be like, it would be very, very, very calm and tame all day, except for the end of the stages and the end and the finish of the race. I, I just thought they wouldn't really go race and that they would be kind of sending a message of like, all right, like we're, we're not happy with the safety of this car. We're not going to go put ourselves in unnecessary danger at Talladega. Um, but there was really, it was pretty much two by two, like the entire day. Yeah. I mean, you typically in Talladega races at some point in the middle portion, things settle down guys ride single file i thought it was gonna be kind of that but because there's two track position was going to be key you knew it was gonna be tough to pass here and if you're going to get stage points and you're looking at the championship you can't forego track position to send whatever message you're trying to send and you have to put yourself up front which means some of these guys are going to have to make moves early well in advance you can't just say hey last 10 laps of stage one we're going to go for it you've got to do it well in advance i kind of thought it was just going to be I'm not saying they're slamming into each other, but I, I did think they were going to kind of race. They were going to be racing. Well, and they raced hard. They did. Race I really. mean, there you was know, a lot Chastain of Chastain said afterwards, like his stomach was in knots because he was absolutely convinced that they were going to wreck. And, and he said he kept pulling his, his Hans clip tighter. He kept pulling his belts tighter. <laughs> um, he said he just standing there, he, he could not believe that they just made it through that and, and not wrecking because he said, we, we tried to wreck. I mean, we were given everything we had. Um, but it, it just seemed like um, with this car, I guess it's they. Some of the drivers were saying that the teams have got it driving a little bit better. Chase Briscoe said that um, since Daytona, even like they learned some things at Daytona to get driving a little better. Um, plus, Talladega has an extra lane. Yeah, it's wide. It's, you know, it's yeah, wider. It's wider. And so you know they have some more room if if there is yeah. some sort of mistakes or something. It's not as narrow, and it's not. It doesn't wear tires here as much. Like it, you know, you saw it today. Like, like Ryan Blaney, his final pit stop took zero tires. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, most guys took two tires. Like you don't. Daytona is a tire wear a little bit more of a tire wear track, so it, it adds up. I mean, I, I honestly was going in this race saying, can we just please see like a a boring uneventful race um where just nobody gets hurt and 
so from my perspective, it was actually a quite pleasant surprise because not only did you not have the, the big wreck where, you know, where somebody gets hurt or whatever, uh, or somebody goes through the fence or whatever can happen here, but it was actually quite entertaining race. I, I thought for, I mean, uh, it was fine. It this was, was, it was a good race. perfectly acceptable uh, Talladega race. It didn't have the big ones, which I don't think you need. You saw good competitive you race. Need the, you need the tease or the potential That's of exact, the big ones, the but you don't actually yeah, have to have it happen. The titillation, right? Like, ooh, the, <laughs> the titillation. I like that word, huh? Yeah, yeah. The titillation of the big one. <laughs> okay. Sir, you're sick. Okay. <laughs> That's what you, you have said. A, I am you calling said you. You need the titillation of the big one. I did not say big one. <laughs> Um, I will be calling HR on Monday. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> and why are you looking at me like that? I'm not doing anything. You're I, red, by the way. I, <laughs> you're really red. You don't. You're not very comfortable talking about this now. We're in a small, <laughs> a small room, and I'm just very embarrassed. Why does the word titillation make you, you know, uncomfortable? You're a guy who doesn't like to talk about when people have to pee. That in Rika, my friend Rika from uh, my t- longtime Twitter friend, who's been coming to tweet ups probably since 2009 or 2010, walked up to you today at the tweet up. And said, I have to pee to get your reaction. Yeah. Because you said it was TMI. But here you are talking about the titillation of the big one. Very comfortable, you know. Okay, you're very comfortable with that. Anyway, uh, you need that you need that possibility. Exactly. And you needed hard racing and you got it. You got it. It was it was a strategy matchup of of how to approach things and it was kind of a a chess match and it was I was good. This was good. This was a very, very good super speedway race. And if it's too bad you can't have this all of the time because then a lot of the the issues and questions and controversy surrounding super speedways would, would, would vanish. And people would be like, "Oh, this is okay. <laughs> it's okay to build more of these tracks." But this was good. This was this was nice. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's, uh, I'm not saying it's my favorite super speedway package or race by any means. I mean, I like when they can race three wide. I like when they can follow the back and move back up and shoot. Yeah, the middle but and, I mean, it also it heightens the risk of sure. Yeah, and so I'm there, just saying for today, I didn't want any. I don't want to get see anybody else get hurt. I'm kind of done. Um, I don't really have the stomach to see more drivers uh, get brain rattling injuries um, for the rest of this year until they can NASCAR can hopefully get a fix um, in the off season and find up, find some way to come up with, with the rear clip or uh, something that gives a little bit more in the rear ends. And, um, and, and that would take a, a positive step toward, toward this, but NASCAR just needs to get through the next five weeks without that's just, just, that's all it is. Right? Yeah. Just get through these next five weeks and hope that when you go to, I mean, really, let's be honest, Las Vegas and Homestead are the two. Really, I think Las Vegas because, um, you know, Homestead, the tire wear. And guys run really high at the wall, too. Yeah, they're so, already running next to the so wall. So, you you know, it's really the hits of when you slide back into the wall and your, like, body snaps. And, you're, you know, that, those are the hits that really hurt you. And there's the potential for that at Vegas, let's be honest. And mm-hmm. that's really, it's like, just get through these weeks. However you need to do it, just get through it. Get to the offseason, then do whatever you need to do to the rear, you know, bumper structure. And let's move forward and hopefully put this behind us. Yeah. So with with all of that, that's why I'm saying that this race at Talladega was better than I was anticipating or, or hoping yeah. for just because, like I said, I would have been fine. If, if they went out there and they were just like, ah, we're really not going to race much today, I would have said, ah, you know what? I hope people can understand that because um, <laughs> these drivers have found themselves. It, it's fascinating because you see – this, this this entire crop of drivers have, have come into the sport after the sort of safety revolution. Well, after this, you know. a lot, most of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, it, it's not that 
and they've several made this point and I, I, I the only reason I make this point is because you know you you'll have the occasional person on Twitter go well if, if it's dangerous why do they sign up for this they know what they're getting into of course they know race car driving is dangerous they don't not you know driving up to to drive high-speed pillows around the track or something how can you drive a high-speed pillow I don't That's know a horrible I mean, example you know you tack four tires on anything you can go fast I guess I, I, I don't know I would love to see a pillow a motorized pillow that's what we're talking okay Go for it. I mean, I I I saw a motorized uh, chair race earlier this year on the Fox broadcast at sure. Fontana. You know, a motorized uh, lazy boy. Sure, that's thing. fair. So, I mean, you if go. you can do that, you can do a motorized pillow. Anyway, um, you know, the bottom line is like I I just feel like um, I don't even know what my point was. <laughs> well, you start talking about motorized pillows. I'm sorry, people don't sit on people sit on chairs. They don't sit on pillows. Maybe um, magic carpet ride? They like motorized magic carpets? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, like I legitimately have no idea what I was talking about. So maybe <laughs> you're talking about safety and right, I got young that, drivers. Oh yeah, yeah. They all came in since the safety keep up. Though. Thank you. <laughs> Try to keep up with myself. Oh boy, what a long playoffs. Anyway, it's a very titillating podcast so far. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I just feel like. They they have gotten all, all they've seen is safety go up and get better and get it better. More places add safer barriers. More okay, you know somebody flips and they add you know the, the Ryan Newman bar to the car mm-hmm. or some you know they, they've just gotten better and better and better. Now they get to this car and it's like the the baseline for what they thought was safety before has taken a step backwards. However, to whatever degree you want to argue, it's less safe. It is less safe because we're seeing more drivers get injured. Therefore, data would tell you it's less safe. Okay, so I just hope they can get to a baseline back to the baseline of what drivers would expect for like the reasonable uh, minimum safety standards that they had in the old car. And then you could keep improving on it. Of course, you know, you you can always get things safer, but um, you don't want to see that that go backwards. And so, you know, that's that's the big thing right now. And that will continue to be a a point of conversation, certainly for, for the rest of this year, you would think. I mean, it's not going away. I mean, as much as everybody would like to say, hey, let's just figure this out this week and let's, you know, we don't have any problems. It's not that simple. Like, they, there is, if you read the story we wrote on The Athletic, that lays it out. Like, their NASCAR is doing testing this week. They, they, they're not going to throw parts and pieces on this car without putting it through its paces. And by the time you get through this with, well, how many weeks we left in the season? Five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six? Well, five. 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 And so, like, there's just not enough time, unfortunately. And now, the well, kid- you could let the teams build it. They don't want to do that, though. No, and there's, you know, the argument is like that's. I mean, this was not what this car was about. So yeah, but this is sort of a safety borderline. How do you ensure that all? How do you ensure that the quality of a X team is the same quality as a Y team? It wouldn't be. And then then how is there not a performance? But you can you inspect it. And then how is there not inspection? Sure, but you're you've got. Five. It's not. It's not fair. With five races left in a championship, you're in. You're inherently changing how the the racing is for the championship. That that to me doesn't yeah, feel. You're, it you're feels trying to protect drivers from concussions as well, yeah, right? I, I think the bigger thing is is this is something. The, the bigger story to me is not so much in the media because I feel like this is being solved. It's like you need to step back and say, how did we get here? And how do we make sure we don't have to go down this road again? And I think the drivers complained that, hey, we've been saying this for, I mean, you go back to 2020 when Byron crashed at Auto Club Speedway. And he talked about it, how hard a hit that was. And it was a talking point then. And it's been a talking point ever since. 
they've been saying like, I don't care what the data is. I know what my body's telling me and they feel ignored. And I am a data person and I understand the data and everything. But when people are telling you like, listen, this is how I feel. You have to take that into account. And so why has there been a disconnect between what the drivers have been saying and how they feel and where they are at with the comfort level versus what NASCAR has done or not done? And there feels like there's this gulf. And why did that gulf happen? And how do you prevent that gulf from opening up again? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that it was to a point where you had, had guys say, boy, these, these hits seem a little bit harder in – tests yeah but there also hadn't been that many tests and there also hadn't been that many that's wrecks. the thing in the in the racks there weren't that many you had you had byron at auto club you had austin Reddick, right you had reddick yes you had austin dillon here uh at charlotte on the oval last fall i forgot i don't know if it was i think it was last fall before the season ended sorry everything's blown. but remember the story for the austin dillon last he december a, was hey look how fast they fixed this car yeah they but didn't I mean, have that, to get a new car. They could fix it. They literally brought quick. it up to their shop and welcome, repaired but, it, but brought it back. But the story wasn't, no. hey, he said, you know, he this hit feels felt hard. Well, it was, he, look, wow, this car is durable. I, I mean, I was there. I feel like he did say that car was hit, like it was a hard hit. Like people, I will say this. But I, what I'm saying, the story was not No, no, the, the story was not. But I will say the people who were here, though, and we talked, like everybody's like, whoa, man, that hit was bad, like scary bad. So the... It was there underneath. like, like Well, and, and remember last July when there was all the rumors about the killing the crash test dummy and how yeah, fired Talladega. up the drivers were. Um, you know, it, well, we were talking to him at Atlanta. Atlanta but the yeah. test was at uh, Talladega. Here at Talladega. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then it turned out the video of that test, uh, I believe, had come out later. And it was just sort of one hit to the site. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they was taking a hit from every angle. And then you had Ryan Newman um, in Phoenix yep. at the end of the season saying basically like, Part part of the reason I want to retire is uh, I don't I think this car is scary. I've looked at the data or whatever, and and it's I'm not getting the answers I want, and I don't want to drive it. And mm. you know some so anyway the the point is of of bringing all these instances up is this is all along the drivers have been saying we're concerned about this, we're concerned about this. Um, June this year at Gateway, you got a lot of drivers starting to say in in the media bullpens, hey like. These hits, they seem harder. Like, this is not... And so the more drivers who took hits in this car for the first time kept saying, wow, they're right. Yeah. Um, and then you had guys start um, getting injured. Um, you know, obviously the Kurt Busch thing was another domino to fall. But the Alex Bowman thing really seemed like that was... The tipping sort of point. The, yes, yes. And you, for twice now, you had two in very similar incidents and on in racetracks were high speed and they got hurt. And that doesn't happen very often. And that's... It kind of reminded me of... It's a little bit of a disconnect, but kind of in some respects, you go back to like 13, there was a period of their years there where guys had a lot of back injuries, it felt like, vertebrae injuries, and I was like, well, wait a second, why is this happening so much? Like Eric Almarola had it, Hamlin had it, I feel like we're leaving somebody else out. Um, but it was like, why is that happening? And that, you know, where's the energy of the car going and that kind of thing? But you see this and you start questioning it and it's, it raises the red flag. So you, you would start it by asking, how does this disconnect happen? I think that, you know, the car had already been delayed for a year. Um, and NASCAR was at the point where it's just like, look, we're, we're going to get this car out and it's it's going to be on track. Like, yeah. And I think they maybe thought like, all right, well, hopefully it's not, you know, hopefully the drivers are just feeling like, oh, these hits are a little bit harder, but it's still safe and the car is going to hold up well and the data shows it's going to hold up well. But there wasn't enough 
data to show that you know the concussions were going to be a thing because people hadn't been I mean, been driving it yet. So you made a really, really great point there. And I didn't think about this. You go back to the the old car and this car rolling out. Like the teams, the, the, this car was supposed to be out in 2021. And then the pandemic happened and it pushed everything off. And the teams, for just that to happen, were like, oh man, this is going to be a mad scramble. We're already like getting rid of parts and pieces. And so you couldn't, the, the, the mindset of, and I don't even want to say it's just NASCAR because it is the teams are culpable in this as well. It was we can't we can't push this off again. We don't have the inventory here. We don't have the manpower because remember a lot of teams didn't necessarily fire people, but they didn't hire people when people left, right? Because there was a mass exodus of people saying, "Well, they're not really needed here." Because and so the teams were like, "We can't we we can't go keep with a generation six car." Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't continue racing this car because we can't we don't have any more. We need to move forward. Plus, there was the promise of costing or cost coming down and well you had had teams start to come into the sport based yeah. on the new the mo- business model of, yeah yeah and so like there's all these outside forces and i guess we're talking about now it starts to make sense of coming together of why like you couldn't delay it you know you couldn't do more testing if you wanted to and i don't think that nascar thought that the drivers were i think they thought okay again like this car is sturdy and, you know, yeah, they're saying it's a stiffer hit, but they'll be okay. And they were looking thing, at right? the numbers like, and yeah. the number and their numbers from their tests were, I'm not saying they're wrong because the numbers are the numbers, but you do have to, like, as has come out since, like, you've got to take everything into account. I mean, car angle, speed. Well, you can understand the driver's frustration, though, because... We, we just laid out all the reasons this thing was going to be moving along. And then they, but th- from their perspective, they've been saying, hey, we've been raising red flags on this for a long time now. Nobody listened to us. Now you're finally acknowledging publicly, in a sense, it seems like, that, okay, there's a problem and that we're, you know, going to fix the rear ends or we're going to test it. They're, you know, they're uh, going to do a, a crash test this week in Ohio. Um, you know, they, they've, apparently been computer modeling new ways to do the, the rear clips and they're going to probably come up with this solution for the start of next season but the drivers are like why you know why is it taking it so long to get to this point why couldn't we have done this sooner um we've been telling you there's a problem so that that's why all this frustration is coming out now and you know i i can absolutely understand why i mean i i get, I get it. it i get it too i mean you, you're seeing your peers injured you think hey i could be next they I mean these are in accidents that before drivers largely want largely walked away from well especially like the bowman type impact it looks like nothing yeah i mean and you look at it and you're like okay this is this is alarming and we have a and throwing the fact that oh by the way we're also going to Talladega next week and we still have two races on a mile and a half racetracks particularly one in las vegas that is a little worrisome and yeah you, you start to look at this a little bit so um NASCAR is meeting with drivers next weekend, I think the 8th, if I'm not mistaken, October 8th, I think Saturday. How much would you love to be a fly on that wall? Oh, I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd think that that was going to be, uh, there's going to be some airing of grievances. Oh, my God. I would pay um, infinite amount of money to, like, just just sit in the corner. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that would be, uh, wow, that would be that would be something. I tell you what, like, that would be, uh, I, I would love to hear... I mean, I don't even know. I although I don't know what what else you could say. I mean, you have said everything in the media. No, but what I would I do mean, is like I, Harvick and Hamlin. Oh my god! So I would want to sit. I would want Kevin Harvick to sit on one side of me, and I want Denny Hamlin to sit on the other side of me. 
And as NASCAR is giving their presentation, I'm like whispering in like Horrocks. I'm like, are you, are you listening to this? Do you hear what they're saying? Are you believing this? Oh, you'd be egging it oh, on. Oh, Hunter, you know me. You come on. You, you, yes, you know me well enough to know I'd be doing. And I'm like, Danny, do you believe this? You're a team owner. Like, you, listen to this. They're telling you that you're going to have to pay for it. I don't think they need to be egged on, Jordan. Danny, have Danny, you listened to what they've been saying? I know, but <laughs> Danny, you're going to have to pay for this. How much is that going to cost you? Oh, my goodness. And then just sit back and just let the fireworks go. Speaking of, of, um, can't you know, wait. letting them say what they want. I, I almost keep waiting for like the fines to come back. But NASCAR has been. I mean, I think we're getting to that. I, I don't think it's going to happen for Denny's comments this week. I think you know he basically he said NASCAR is negligent and needed to change the whole leadership. I agree, and not coincidentally, NASCAR President Steve Phelps had a meeting with Denny Hamlin today. Um, and but then <laughs> Denny was like, Denny was like, well, I wasn't talking about Steve Phelps. I love Steve Phelps. He's a great guy, greatest leader in NASCAR history. Love Steve Phelps. No, he said he said I've, he's the the I've the guy I've gotten along best yeah. with over the years. We have a great His relationship. We is, talk all the time. I love the direction he's got. You know, I don't want to bug him. He's yeah. It, it was. Uh, it was a very 180. Uh, well, but no, I think it was almost a clarification, like pretty much like I'm talking about the competition guys. Yeah, that that's fair. You're, you're mean, right. It's a clarification. And yeah, you're right. It was a, it was very. I much don't think a, he was backing down and and like suddenly being. No, like, it was he likes Phelps's vision for the sport, but on the on the racetrack and competition where this is really the problem. But I'm sure Phelps was like, "Yo, what the hell, man? Yeah, you you, you want the entire leadership because you know Denny Hamlin said." That the leadership from the top started the top down. Yeah, he's pretty close to the top, Steve Phelps. Yeah, he's I mean president. he's he's largely second or third depending yeah, on how you Jim look France at, and really. Lisa Kennedy. I mean, yeah. So he's third. I mean, yeah. So I'm sorry. So you want me to be fired? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Danny? yeah. But what, like, what do you mean you, they need to change the leadership and bad leadership? Yeah, Danny? and I and listen, I'm not. We don't know exactly what was said. It seems like it was a positive meeting from the little bit we know and. I would kind of got to think though, like there was probably a message delivered of like, Hey, like you, you, you're, you're there. Like you're, you're on that line. Like we're going to maybe give you this one, but we ain't giving you any more. So I, I feel like the next shot, if you will, from anybody is probably going to result in a fine. Well, and then, um, you know, you, you and I did a, a joint story and, and your reporting was, um, that, you know, Jeff Burton had a, uh, Jeff Burton is the head of the Driver Advisory Council, and he had a meeting with the drivers on Friday to sort of quell uh, some of the discontent and try to get like the Harvicks and, and Hamlins of the world to stop being so uh, public and, and blasting NASCAR to try to get everybody on the same page, try to go behind the scenes a little bit. Now, it didn't work with uh, Hamlin because he didn't work with Harvick either. Harvick talked. Harvick was pretty vocal this weekend too. Yeah, maybe not quite. No, as, no, 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 definitely not as ha- as far as Hamlin, but I mean, or or as even compared to Harvick's previous yeah comments. But but um, but didn't. yeah, I mean, clearly. Um, it, and what's interesting too is like you know one of Denny Hamlin's comments was, <clears throat> oh, these young guys, you know they they just want us to speak for them, and um, they should start using their voice more because you know they're not going to like it. Um, you know, when their brains are scrambled. Uh, then Ross Chastain, after the race, went out of his way to go, you know, I heard Denny say that, you know, we don't speak up, you know, enough and, and we're just happy to be here. And he's like, well, um, Denny Hammond doesn't speak for every driver in the garage. Some of us have different opinions and some of us not saying anything says something in itself. So um, basically saying Denny doesn't speak for me, for Ross Chastain. So he um, isn't the only driver that said that this week and I talked to. And I think you're in the same boat. The people you probably talk to as well. Like, there's 
I don't want to put a number on it, but there's there's drivers who are looking at this and saying they don't speak for me. Like I don't agree with how they're what they're saying or how they're doing it. Or but a lot of the drivers do. Let's be honest. The, I mean, I, again, there, there there's I don't I don't even know what the number is. I feel like I don't even, I couldn't say it's even fifty fifty. I don't know. But I mean, there, there's definitely uh, a number. Larson, Elliott, Blaney have all endorsed what yeah, Harvick, Hamlin. Yeah, so saying, there's so. five six there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's whatever the number is. The number is, but like. It, there, it, it's it's very easy to paint this with a broad brush, and I don't think that's the case. You can't. Right, it is easy to say all the drivers feel this way, and it's not. But yeah, and there's drivers. Be frankly, from my reporting, I is like there are some drivers who look at this and say, "This is what they're saying publicly, but are the actions behind the scenes matching up with the words? Like, are you putting in the work behind the scenes? Are you just airing your grievances publicly? Well, and and. You know, Harvick and Hamlin have increasingly got to the point where I think I I think, you know, somebody has said, you know, why is this happening now? Why are we hearing so much about this now? Um, I think for largely the first half of the year, um, I think you even uh, Kyle Larson said it in his press conference um, yesterday. Um, Oh, Dustin Albino was telling me about this. Uh, I I was I was uh, I'd missed that part of the Larson availability. Um, during his media scrum, but he said, Larson's comment was, um, you know, we were, we were, te- we were telling everybody what NASCAR wanted us to be saying, uh, mm-hmm. in the first part of the year. Um, we were, we were yeah. saying what we were supposed to be saying or whatever. And now we've sort of gotten to a point where, um, it didn't work. Like we felt like we weren't being listened to enough. It didn't get the changes we wanted. And so now everybody felt like they had to be more vocal. So, um, and that's why I think, you know, Harvick has ratcheted it up slowly I mean, his, he was, you know, he would be critical at times or say something, but after like the fire thing at Darlington, that at Kansas, that was when he really went off and said, I'm going to really speak out about this car. That was the first time that he really, really like teed off hard on it. I, th- I think, um, I feel like he had said something in August and I have to go back and look where no, I, I, he said other things, but I'm yeah, saying like, like that, that was, was like, the point, the, like, all right, this is ridiculous. And like, then yeah. since, and then Hamlin, um, back, and then he started making t-shirts. Right, I mean, yeah, the Harvick's crappy parts. Um, her happy's. Uh, I did ask him about T-shirt sales, by the way. He didn't know the numbers. I was yeah. disappointed about that. Um, anyway, we got off on a tangent about no, safety, but stuff. it's a, it's an important topic because it's been yeah. Crude, yeah, like, yeah, the topic. If you of haven't the read the story, if you don't know or you're in mourning, go check out the story in the Athletic. Yeah, actually, uh, I will I will pin it to my profile maybe for a couple of days. Um, so it's at the top of my Twitter profile because we we pretty much did a roundup. Um, of all the various things concerning this, um, or that was the talk of the weekend. If you want to read it, uh, I'll pin it to my Twitter profile. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so back to the playoff. I mean, we, we started talking about the playoff drivers and how they fared in this race. Let's let's uh, run down some more of them. Um, the the Ross Chastain element of it. I mean, that, that he looks to me, he looks really, really comfortable now in super speedways. He won Talladega earlier this year and he was making moves today where you thought that guy he, he looks like he belongs yeah i mean he he really was out there and um you know i i just thought 
he drove a really good race. Smart race. Not not the over aggressive. Not the, we've seen it before. We've seen it before in super speedway races and, and races other races where he pushes it too far and he puts himself in a bad spot. But right. today it was like very controlled, very measured, left here with a really good finish, and he's in a good spot now where he gets to round three, which is great for us because if he makes it to round three, <laughs> it means he's going to go to Martinsville, playoff eligible, and who knows what's going to happen there, Jeff. Nah, I, I don't think anything's going to happen at this point. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't. It, 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 nobody's nobody's mad enough at him that they're going to take him out of a chance to make the final four. That's that's taking it too far. To 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 pay, but what what who owes them something? Even Hamlin. You never know. I'm just I'm the, the possibility is certainly there, and that's all the carrot I need. It's titillating. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, the other thing about uh, you know Hamlin. You know he's so Ross is plus twenty eight. Hamlin um, put himself in position today where he leaves plus twenty one going to the Roval, which is good for him because I mean twenty one's a lot of points. But Toyotas have struggled on road courses this year, and so it's no guarantees they're going to go there and have some kind of mat. You know they're they're not going to necessarily be guaranteed to run well. Yeah, well, my point was going to be that if he advances out of the Roval, um, he's not going to waste his time. Is still as long as he's still playoff eligible, messing with Chastain. Sure, that that would make no sense. I mean, that would be seriously self defeating. Unless he's already clinched a spot going into Martinsville, he doesn't care. Well, that's true. That's true. But um, I mean, that would be like Harvick getting too caught up in Elliott last year and basically ruining his own. Har- yeah, I mean, but again, race it, it, but if Harvick is if, if Hamlin wins at Las Vegas, which he's, they're very fast a mile and a half racetracks, mm-hmm. or Homestead where he's won before and they're very fast a mile and a half racetracks. You got nothing to race for at Martinsville, man. You go there, you put your feet up. You're not even racing for points. Yeah, but then you get you get retaliated against at the championship you race at Phoenix. That's yeah, stupid. no, you can't can do that because NASCAR is very clear, is incredibly clear. I mean, they made it that you are not to mess with the championship drivers at Phoenix in the I final. Don't they know have about that. They they have said that. I mean, they, there's a reason why. Like we have seen it time after. Like guys almost like literally move over for. I mean, they, I think Hamlin would be. I think Hamlin would be an idiot if he's going for his first championship the next week, knows he's locked into the Final sure. Four. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go at Martinsville and retaliate on Ross Chastain for, like, gateway and stuff. And, you know, like— I, I'm not saying he's not an idiot. And it also doesn't even have to be Denny Hamlin. There's a laundry list of guys. Nah, nobody wants to get Chastain back that no, that much that they would take him out of a potential Final Four spot. That's not something—you pay it back later for that. You can get him next season. It's not— I, That means nothing next year. Well, I'm just saying, like— who who's mad enough at him for something that I don't? And also, I don't think it's going to happen, but the possibility certainly exists. Okay, and it, it's 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 a storyline. The titillation of the big one. So you used it now. Don't get mad at me. Um, Joey Logano is fifth in points. He's plus eighteen. But um, again, we talked about he. He's going to kick himself today. He's, you know that that was really really interesting because he he was the most outspoken one against. I don't like, you know, these guys go to super speedways and they just ride in the back. That's not right. That's not working. You know, like that was what he had said yeah. last week. You shouldn't be rewarded for not working. Everybody else just wrecks and you don't go up yeah. there and race hard. Um, and then he said, you know, in his quotes afterwards, I tried that for the first time ever. Oops. I just thought, you know, these guys are all going to wreck and it, it didn't work out. And so now um, he was the points leader yeah. coming into this. And now he's, I mean, 
if he has a bad roval, all of a sudden he could be in trouble. This is something to look at. It's like his teammate Blaney finished second. His other teammate Austin Cindric finished top ten. So let's conservatively say, just conservatively say, Logano gets finishes tenth, right? That's what is that? Twenty seven ten. I mean, it's seventeen points there, or even top fifteen. I mean, it, but I mean, let's just say, I mean, that's potentially seventeen points conservatively. Yeah, that he left on the table, which are really big. You take those seventeen points back. You're basically penciling his name into round three. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This that, could be something he looked he, back on and like. I think he already probably was is. after the yeah. race. I mean, I mean, but but again, to his credit, like we talked about earlier in the show, who would have thought that they would make it through that and not wreck? They always wreck. But I, I understand I mean, that. I but I, to me, I look at these races and how they're often won. They, I mean, the guys who run up front tend to do well. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so below Logano, you have Kyle Larson plus eighteen. He said after the race, I feel like I'm always about right right around there going into Roval about plus eighteen or so. Yeah, won there last year, um, good road course racer. He didn't seem particularly worried. Should be fine. Um, yeah, he he should be okay. And you know, he had sort of an up and down day today. He ends up finishing eighteenth. He was higher than that. I think he got shuffled out. Yeah, he was um, running up front for a good chunk of the race. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after Larson. You have Suarez plus 12, and Suarez, um, you know, he got a top 10 today. Uh, he finished eighth, um, both track house cars in the top 10. Um, you know, Suarez is, is you know, for, for a guy who a lot of people said, all right, this is the round where Suarez is probably going to go out. Well, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's one on a road course. Um, track house has been very good on road courses. Yep. And so, I mean, you have to feel like, He's in he's in decent shape to make it to the round of eight. Yeah, I, both I, he and Chastain. And I think it's important to give him credit. Like I know I had him out in round one of my bracket and like give him credit for like doing this. And this is the first time in the playoffs. And he just it's not sexy. He's not going out there and putting up, you know, great finishes. He's just knocking out solid, good finishes. And that's what you need to do sometimes. I mean, what we're looking at now is you could have more track house cars potentially um in the top ten. Or sorry, in the top eight, in the final eight, yeah. than Joe Gibbs racing cars. Very realistic with Christopher Bell's problems. Yep. So uh, on the cutoff line right now is Chase Briscoe. He is tied for the final spot with Austin Sindrick. Um, two great road racers. Um, Had success at the Roval before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mean. I think Briscoe has actually put himself in really good position uh, because you know he had that. He had a bad car at Texas and then salvaged mm-hmm. a, a, a fifth-place finish yeah, fifth or something. Place finish. Um, and then Sindrick, for the damage he had today to, to be able to come back and finish top 10, that was a, a relief for him. Uh, so they're, they're both still in it, and those are both people, again, that a lot of people said would be gone and, early. And they're doing – I think it's very commendable what they're doing. Like they are it, – it's not anything you look at and you're like, oh, wow, they're blowing your doors off, but they just keep – they're capitalizing other people's mistakes, which is sometimes all you need to do. Well, I mean, t- so Kyle Larson came to the tweet up today. That was really cool. And we were talking to um, some of the fans, answering fan questions. And one of the things that um, Larson said was, you know, last year he he won in this sort of traditionally uh, dominating fashion for a champion. You know, he won 10 races. He had this incredible season and then capped it off with the championship. This year is different. It's a different feel. It's about sort of just surviving and doing just enough to make it to the next round. Um, it's, you know, we. it seems like championships could be won a different way now, um, starting with this year. And Sindrick and um, Briscoe, if 
one of them makes it. I mean, yeah. to the final eight, that's a perfect example. That's a, and that's a huge accomplishment for either one of those. Like, just survive in advance. That's all this is. It's like, it's like you see in other tournaments sometimes where just find a way to win, find a way to get through however you need to, and it doesn't have to be pretty. Just do it. So <clears throat> the real uh, interesting wrinkle of this <laughs> is William Byron is 11 points below the cut line. Um, however... Uh, he could be getting points back, maybe or maybe not, depending on how his appeal goes this week. Um, since we last spoke, uh, NASCAR issued a 25-point penalty to William Byron for um, his actions of spinning Denny Hamlin at Texas. Of course, as we documented, they did not see that at the time, and so they had to retro retroactively go back um, in the middle of the week and say, okay, we're going to fine you and penalize you points. So William Byron... Uh, he would be above the cut line. Yeah. Um, he would be like six or seventh in points or something um, without that. I guess seventh in points. But um, so, I mean, do you think there's any chance he gets points back and that changes the dynamic of what we're talking about here? I don't see the grounds on which Hendrick can appeal this. Like, unless your argument is like, this is not something that NASCAR can do after the fact, but the rule book kind of, my interpretation of it says that you they can. And they did to know Gregson, by the way, earlier this year, you know, after Road America. Well, I think their argument from reading between the lines, their argument would seem to be that, okay, you penalize somebody 25 points during the regular season, which is, you know, you divide that over a 26 race basically a point of race. season. Yeah, and that's, that's the penalty for it. You but, penalize somebody 25 points in a playoff round. That's a very severe in a three race round. That's very severe. Now, the other thing, too, their argument is now, wait a minute. Had they, you know, they said an mm. option was had they seen it, uh, one of the things they could have done is put him at the back, yep. uh, tail end of the longest line or whatever. Yep. He would have definitely, I mean, he said this this weekend. There, there's no way he would have lost 25 points at that point. He would have made up, maybe he would have ended up losing 14 Let's just split it. Though. Let's just split it. He, he gets back 13. Like, you know, whatever. Okay, so uh, if he gets back 13, you put him over the cup Exactly. Line. And that is so. that is my issue with this. I mean, I, we already talked about what happened in Texas. That that just can't happen. You can't, you know, how you miss that beyond me. And that's my issue with this is now retroactively saying, oh, we're going to put in 25 points. Well, one, it, it needs to be in the race. And two, that give that, I mean, this is a in-race infraction that should be in the race handled and now that's up to them now to hand you know and it could have been multiple laps maybe they put, you know we've seen that before where they've hold people for a lap or whatever but at least then byron's gonna have an option to come back he probably would get some of that back and that's that is just why it's like <laughs> it just feels like this door's been open right like and now like nascar messed up last weekend now they're retroactively taking points and it's like i, I don't feel good about any of this yeah I think maybe a ten or fifteen point penalty would have been in line, but twenty five seems a little bit. That's much. a fair yeah. point. Like, yeah, like if you're gonna pe penalize them because you you you, you have, have to, to do, do something and send a message, right? Yeah. Well, again, should have happened during the race, but let's make it moderate. You know, whatever it is, ten between ten and fifteen, so it's not crippling, but it's also some, it it does it does hurt you. Right. Right. So then we come to Christopher Bell, and we talked about this Jeez. close to the open of the show. Um, I mean, just. What a turn. You know, he, he went into Texas and went into round two saying um, after Bristol, he's like, you know, because 
I, I had written a, an item like, hey, he's the new championship favorite. He had three top fives in that round. Yeah, average finish of fourth. I mean, he, he was doing fantastic. And, and it was like, and I said, do you, you, do you feel like you're the championship favorite? And he said, well, if I can get through this next round, and, and a lot of it depends on how, how well I can do at Texas because I'm really nervous about Taldega and the Roval. I don't want to have to go there and try to, you know, because I don't have enough playoff points to overcome anything. And then they end up going to Texas and had two flat tires spun out, had a terrible finish. And in a race where they were very fast. Yeah, well, I mean, part of that might have been because they were have doing something with the tires and stuff. You but, said that, not me, but um, yes, that may be the case. So, but anyway, I mean, he was exactly right because now he's in a position where, I mean, he's 33 points out and you, it's you, must win. he's I mean, going to have to win the Roval. And, and we've talked all year long about how bad Toyota's been on road courses. It's a very difficult task. Now, the only saving grace is he is a good road course racer. He's won them before. And he has been kind of the one Toyota driver this year who's done consistently well on road courses. If I if I looked at the numbers. Yeah, like didn't he have a a pretty decent like qualifying, I think, at Watkins Glen? And um he yeah, he's he's been the best Toyota on road courses. But there's a difference between running in the top ten and if you have to go win. Win and that's not saying it can't happen. We've seen crazy things happen at the Roval, but it just feels like his fate is kind of out of his hands. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty stunning turn of events. And uh, wow, because these players are cruel, man. I mean, this yeah. that, that's what this is, though. I mean, they, we've seen it before with yeah. Harvick. I mean, with Keselowski and Truex in sixteen. Like the, this is you can be you, on top, feeling good, like man, we're going to make a championship run, and the next thing you know, you're getting Matt Kenseth out at Martinsville, and you're not going to win the championship. Mm. And then, uh, of course, Alex Bowman, um, if, if he can return, he will be in a must-win, obviously. Yeah. And well, he's done well at the role in the past. Hendricks Motorsport Road Course Program is very, very good. You know, well, that would be a comeback story, huh? Oh, man, that would be great. I mean, that would be huge. That would be unbelievable. Be that's, that's really tough. But, um, it's going to be tough. We'll see. Hopefully yeah. he's back. He's he's uh it'd be fifty four points out. So yeah, I mean it'd be you unfortunate. Miss a race, you can't miss a race in a three race round and expect you're gonna. No, I just I really hope he comes back at the Roval because you don't want to see his playoff, which was doing really well, like be yeah. decided by something out of his control. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, really, the it, hopefully we'll find out sooner than later about the appeal and um, how that all will shake out. Um, you know, for for Byron. And we'll see it, whether it's uh, Briscoe and Cindric tied on the cut line, or um, whether they're below um, Byron by, I guess whatever, however many points they, he would get back. Who knows how many? <laughs> the, I mean, maybe we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but there's potential like the round of eight's going to have some unusual names, like right now, like Suarez, uh, one of the Cindric, Austin or Chase. You know, it's it's. It, I mean, brisk, you're kind you of throw chest. Chastain in there. I was gonna, yeah, exactly. Like it's you're kind of looking at some guys that you would have you would have said this before the year. You were like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I mean, again, me who said that track has to be the most disappointing team in the season. Don't so. say anything. I, I'm, uh, trying not to be, I'm trying to be nicer, Jeff. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. You must have heard the feedback from our listeners. No, or no, that is. Mother, I was gonna say, and yours, my mother. Okay, your side of the fence, yes. My side of the fence. One of our the guys at the tweet up today, man, was like, I love when you give Jeff, you know, grief. Yeah, well. So good for you. I'm trying to take the high road. Um let's see, what else should we talk about from uh this Talladega weekend and experience? I don't know. We think we covered everything, didn't we? Okay. Well let's mm-hmm. do the was it a good race poll then. All right. Um 
I think you won last week. What are people going to see? I did win this. Congratulations. Thank you. I only missed about 0.4%. It's good for you. Um, what uh, what are people going to say on this one? Boy, I have to go first, too. I'm not used to going first. I'm used to you winning the poll every week. All I do is win, Jeff. Not not this week. No. Um, this is going to be a tough one because, I mean, it wasn't like the sort of typical Talladega race, but it wasn't a bad race. Um, and you had, did have a popular winner, so you'd have to probably add a little bit for that. Ugh. Good finish? Yeah. I mean, good finish. Um uh, 82%. That's a good number. That's a that's a really good number. Um boy. Oh man. Um You're really putting some thought into this. I am because I could, I feel like it could go higher because I could see like people are like, hey, that was fun. That was you know, wild race, good finish, competitive. Didn't have the kind of the craziness. Some people get turned off by that, let's be honest. Like yeah, uh, yeah. 82 is a, that's a really, really good number. Um I could do prices right. You should, Jeff. No, you gonna, should. I am not going to be like that. Um, I'm going to say 78. percent 78. Okay. I, I, I'm probably going to lose. I, I think it's probably going to be higher. I feel like it's nah, going to be. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, let's just go 78. All right. 78 for you. 82 for me. Okay. Formula One. We woke up early because <laughs> our plan was okay. We're going to watch the Formula One race, the start, drive to the track, watch the finish. Didn't turn out that way no. over in Singapore. No. Um, we actually did get to see the start because it was delayed uh, for an hour. Um, then we didn't get to see the finish in most of the race. So it's hard to talk about too much of it. But, of course, um, Checo ends up winning. And it seemed like it kind of came down to the start. I mean, Checo, it, he, he started second after uh, Leclerc won the pole. And he just got a better start than Leclerc. And Leclerc, try as he might, uh, he was never able to make that up. I mean, he pushed hard the whole time, it, it seemed like, from what I saw anyway. Um, but Sergio Perez gets his second win of the year, both on street courses. He won at Monaco also. Um, meanwhile, Max Verstappen had all sorts of headaches and, and problems. He was really frustrated, it seemed like. I mean, uh, he was frustrated in qualifying with the, the fuel thing that made him abort his final lap. Um, and then, you know, he was getting stuck behind cars today, couldn't pass. Then he, he's finally about to pass and his brakes lock up and he has to go off and, and uh, spins back around us, come back in for flat tires. So it was just uh, like the most frustrating day for Max Verstappen. And by the way, he's still finishing the points. He did. So um, yes, he's not, you know, he's not the champion yet, but um, one race closer essentially, although Leclerc made up some points and, Perez made up some points, but championships over. I mean, yeah, uh, he could still win it in Japan. So. I actually, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I actually feel for for Ferrari here. Let me start over. I actually feel for Ferrari here. Say that fast five times. Um, like they they do well in qualifying. Verstappen, you know, who's got this massive win streak, like stumbles in qualifying and just and has a really bad start. You're like, okay, he's out. Like this is our day, and it, this course sets up really well for Ferrari. Like it's a low down, it's a low high braking, low speed track, which kind of negates a little bit of Red Bull's advantage. Like, okay, finally something is going our way, and it's still guess what? A Red Bull wins. It's like yeah, it's just they are just it's just that kind of year for Red Bull. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy too is like for all of Ferrari's speed, um, 
with both cars like every single week. This was their first double podium since um, the Miami race in May. Jeez. <laughs> and that was a time when Leclerc was very much in the championship. Right. And we like, thought it, it was going to come down to the wire with those two like all year. Yeah, or and it just never... They, you know, it's, they didn't have execution. They, it feels like their speed is kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit too. Like there's some weeks where they're just blown out of the water. And I mean, today's a good example. Like they, they sh maybe, why did they not capitalize on this? Why was Red Bull so much better? And it, it didn't matter. And then Lewis looked like he was going to be kind of competitive, um, today and then, um, made a mistake and, uh, ended up having to get his whole mm -hmm. like front wing replaced and yeah, when you don't have the same skill set as you once did oh, mistakes tend to happen more where did george russell finish today i honestly don't know because i have no idea behind lewis hamilton okay great so. is george russell still ahead of lewis in the standings i don't know i haven't looked okay but probably yes yeah, yeah. um also sorry more, we don't also really has more also has more podiums has laps led you know better average finish i believe so that's cool. you know jordan was like looking this up yeah. Um, before, like during the race, like yeah. he was getting, he was sitting next to me in the media center, getting ready for the podcast going, Oh, George has this. George yeah. has. So called, then when Jeff brings up that, I said, Lewis yeah. has a fork it's in his back research and setting and putting the time in to make sure that this podcast hits its optimal peak performance. Jeff, I wish you did the same. The race was still going on when you were looking at these stats to start yeah. bragging about to counter whatever I was going to say yeah. late it's hours later. Foresight. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh man. So, um, the Roval's next, and uh, who knows what kind of race that's going to be. I mean, we have typically seen craziness, but um, on road courses this year, in general, not yeah. so crazy. The racing, not so crazy, because these cars are made for road courses, so they drive much better. So maybe it'll not be as wild. Yeah, I mean, the strung out, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. the only thing I'll say about that, and you're right, largely, right, but those are natural road courses right they have more runoff areas you know con you know wider confines roval is unforgiving <laughs> like you get off track here like you hit a wall like i mean it's it's kind of like a street course in that sense so that you know if you're looking for trying to find some glimmer of hope of why this road course race is going to be different from the other ones i would look at that yeah that's fair that's fair um yeah i don't really know what to expect honestly and then uh, round three would be Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville. Martinsville, Halloween weekend. Are we dressing up for anything for Halloween? You I'm going to dress go up as you and go shop at like some 1970s thrift store to imitate your fashion. So Okay. First of all, I don't dress in like 1970s. Anyway, and then off to um, Phoenix for the chair. <laughs> I don't dress like a 1970s. Like this is a nice, stylish, modern shirt. I don't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, dad. That's cool. I could dress as a dad. There you yeah, go. Yeah, we, we should do that. That would be funny. We should do that. You dress as me, I'll dress as you. I will go get some like New Balance sneakers and perfect. Some dad jeans. Anyway, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, I, George, I tried to be nice. Jordan I couldn't even make it through the whole episode. I tried. Five minutes goes. Oh, I'm being so much I nicer. tried. I, I got the, like the last 30 seconds of the episode, <laughs> and then it just all went to hell. Yeah, it just collapsed. You know, that was the big one right there. Oh. You know, you, you tried to make it through a whole race without a big one, and then you just completely blew it and wadded up the entire field oh. with your meanness, your, your sharp tongue nature. Uh, whoa, what a disaster. <laughs> what an absolute disaster. Ooh. Oh, boy. Well, you can try again next week. That's the good news. Yeah, yeah. New round. So. New race. New week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on The Teardown.